0: Hello everyone, this is Steve Bradley, God's Wordsmith, coming to you with a teaching from Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 to 22. And in it, Jesus blesses children and talks to a rich guy. So let's get started. Here's the text. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Now behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is, God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus responds. He says, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor. And you'll notice Jesus said does not say, Give it to me. And you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now let's talk about the children first. And it's as the old song says, Jesus loves the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the children of the world. Deal Moody, the great evangelist of the 19th century, was once asked how his evangelistic ministry was going. And he replied, I saw two half-people come to the Lord today and three whole people. And so his questioner replies, Oh, you mean two children and three adults? Moody responds with characteristic sagacity, I I might add. No, I mean three children and two adults. The children have everything ahead of them the adults are half gone. And I paraphrase that because I don't remember the exact quote. It's tough to find. But that's the essence of what he said. Children, folks, make life decisions. Some when they're elementary age, others as teens and during college. And back in the day when I was a pastor, I saw many youngsters come to Christ and some adults. That's something to remember. Children come to the Lord, and they're very important. Little kids often make life decisions that direct or redirect their whole lives. They actually make those decisions much more than you might think. As Jesus said, do not despise one of these little ones. And remember, wherever you lead your kids, they're likely to go. Be sure that you you lead them in the good and right way and let Jesus bless them. So, the next question is, is it good to be rich? Now, whether or not it's good, just about everyone wants it. And in human terms, wealth is considered a huge benefit or blessing if you're a Christian. But the truth is, maybe it's not good. So let's have a look at this wealthy young man. It says, Now behold, one came to him and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is, God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, the young man's question was wrong from the start. He wanted a good thing to do, as if he could buy his way in. Very interesting concept, buy my way in by doing whatever is the best thing I can do. And Jesus' answer is interesting, to say the least. The first thing is, Why do you call me good? Jesus is challenging this man's concept of life. First, that there are good people in the absolute sense. Jesus often referred to people as evil, that is sinful, and only God is good. When we use the term, it's normally in a relative sense. We mean good as in better than bad. Jesus meant good in the absolute sense, in the sense of God's perfect goodness. And of course, the uh, young man called him a good teacher, not understanding that Jesus himself was good in the absolute sense, because he was God manifest in human flesh. God and man united forever in one person. So Jesus' second part of his answer is, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now Jesus answers the question, what good thing? Jesus intentionally does not answer what is in this man's heart. He answers the question as asked. But this doesn't answer the man's real question. As he tells us in his follow-up question, which commandments you see he had done everything this young fellow had done every single thing he could think of and Jesus said well the commandments you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not bear false witness honor your father and your mother and you shall love your neighbor as yourself and so the guy says I did them all I did everything But if you'll notice, Jesus intentionally does not include certain things. And in this case, it is the key issue, folks. The first and great commandment is this. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and... You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then in Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, Jesus quoted the commandment about loving your neighbor as yourself but he omitted the commandments about loving God first and foremost and having no other God before the Lord. And in a moment we find out why. Because the young guy says, "I've I've kept all these from my youth up, but he knows he's still missing something. What do I still lack? But he doesn't know, at least he says he doesn't know, because maybe he did. Because often we know deep down when we say we don't, he knows he's missing something to inherit everlasting life. So, what's missing? Well, this is Jesus' perhaps most instructive parable. Because it shows us first how he puts his finger right on our greatest need. And <clears throat> excuse me. he also shows us what was wrong with this young guy. Because he says to him, sell your stuff, give to the poor, and come follow me. And folks, this young man's stuff was his God. It was an idol. If you're familiar with Lord of the Rings, it was his precious. The Lord said to Israel, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And folks, it wasn't just good advice. It is the foundational command that God gives in his word and everything else flows from it. The greatest gift people that we can give our God is ourselves. And that's what Jesus was asking. Empty your life of everything that keeps you from God and come, follow me. And of course, the implication is that when you follow Jesus Christ, you're following God. What do I still lack? That was the question. And it's the same today. Today, God doesn't call everyone to give up all things, but he called that man to do what he said. His money, his possessions, his nice life. Now, for most of us, we really have no idea what God wants us to do when we become Christians. I did not. I became a believer when I was 18, and when I was 19, God called me into the ministry. It was almost as if he sat, stood on my shoulder and talked to me. I want you. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know why. I still don't, actually. I just wanted to avoid hell and live forever when I was converted. That's all I knew. Others, for example, Matthew, get the full counseling experience at the beginning as Jesus gave it before they turned to the Lord. Jesus walks by Matthew's tax collection table and says, come, follow me. And Matthew gets up, he leaves everything, and he goes to follow Jesus. That's it. That's what he did. Now, as we will find in the next section, whatever he asks, it's worth it. Always remember that when Jesus asks you to do something, it's worth it. It may seem a sacrifice at the time, it may seem a horrible thing to ask, but it's worth it. However, this young guy says, no, I'm not going to do that. That's a big deal. You're taking my stuff away. And so, whenever you face a decision like this, you can either walk away or you can say, yes, Lord. And I'm 100% sure that your eternal life depends on that decision. On the other hand, maybe you walked away before. Well, do what he says now. Ask him what he wants. He will receive you if you come to him. Now, if you're already a Christian and you know it, here is the counsel of 1 John to all of us. It is so important to follow these words. 1 John chapter 5, verse 21 says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. If you're a child of God, keep yourselves from idols. Whatever it is that you worship, that that you put ahead of God, that's your idol. Christians are not immune from the siren song of the idol. They just aren't. Follow him, not the idol with which Satan tempts you. You will not be sorry. Hope God blesses you today and fills your life with his presence, with his joy, and with his power. This is Steve Bradley signing off as God's wordsmith.